Welcome to your number one all-fun esports podcast, Just Son of a Gun. I'm your host, Chase Newcomb, and I'm here with... Austin Linville. And... Wes Womble. And today we bring you Season 2, Episode 4 of the Metagame Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about our high expectations for our friends at High res Studios. They recently had their Worlds Tournament for Smite Palad- and Paladins. So, guys, what do you think? Well, first of all, Smite Worlds was... Pretty, I, I don't know. I think it was overall a success. There were oh, yeah. there are definitely a lot of differences between this year's worlds and last year's worlds. Mm-hmm. Mainly, the concern among the pro players was the prize pool. I think last year it was closer to like three hundred fifty million. This year it was closer around two hundred million. Mm-hmm. I think those mm-hmm. were the figures I read. Uh, Energy won the PC worlds. Eager won console worlds. Uh, but yeah, it was it was really fun to watch. I enjoyed all of it. Mm-hmm. All that I saw. There's definitely I love watching worlds. Um, any split really where um, there's a crowd, just because um, the crowd energy just brings this extra level to watching the games, and it's so fun to just listen to and watch. Um, I mean, even then I was just sitting in my room, you know, watching it on Twitch, and I was getting like really hyped watching yeah. some of the sets. So. I feel that. Yep. Uh, I actually was fortunate enough two years ago to go, or three years ago, to go to the launch tournament, and then oh, the yeah. next year I went to the first world tournament. So it was an experience both times I went, and unfortunately I could not make it this year because my job impeded me from doing so. But uh, I'm telling you what, Hi-Rez can throw a tournament. They yeah. can throw an expo. And that's what I thought was interesting about this year. They introduced Paladins, so it was more of an expo than oh, yeah. just a Smite World Championship. Mm-hmm. And from what I saw online, it was a lot better put together. They had Last year, they introduced a lot of new um, commentators mm-hmm. and analysts to the scene. And this year, those analysts and commentators throughout the year and uh, the splits that they had, they were able to get their personality and their find their niche and you could really see it in worlds it was well mm-hmm. done this year um so i'm going to pose a question should they stay in uh, should they stay in the united states or for next year should they do it in europe because there's just as many european teams yeah as what there is in a teams mm-hmm. see um i'm kind of on the fence about this i do think on one hand they should stay in the u.s just because you know they are based out of atlanta georgia so i mean it kind of makes sense that's where all the tournaments um or World's uh, Expos, I should say, have been so far. And um, it makes sense to keep them there, um, especially because I do believe they help the European teams do travel over. Oh, yeah. So um, they do kind of help pay for some of that. So it's really nice that they do that. On the other hand, um, we did have two European teams in the finals this year. So it might have been, I don't know if they'll give the respect nudge over there and then set set it somewhere in Europe. But um, other than that, yeah, I'm on the fence. It could go either way for me, man. Yeah, in addition to that, you know, like it's not like the home team advantage is doing as much good. And no. Now the, uh, two-time world champion, uh, like my favorite team personally, LG, was uh, Cloud9 last year, and they lost mm-hmm. to what is what was Panthera, what is now Energy, and the LG lost Energy again this year. Was not happy yeah. to see that. So uh, I definitely think that maybe a lot of European teams could benefit from having it stationed in the – in the in the EU, but I think uh, as as the company stands, I don't think it's really ready to host a tournament outside of the country. I I, I agree with that. Yeah. I I think that Hyres needs to quote unquote get their act together before they do so. Not to say they don't necessarily have it together. Yeah. I just think that there's some miscommunication between the company and the community. Mm-hmm. Um, although as a company, they do a really good job responding to those who are on the Reddit and active in the forums. I think that. Uh, in my personal opinion, now I'm just a junior in college. What do I know? But in my <laughs> personal opinion, I think that Hi-Rez should be more attentive to the other scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
are less attentive in that aspect too because in my opinion I think Smite is the best game that they've had so far. Yeah. And I think the push for Paladins has been a bit too much for the mm-hmm. company. They had Dry Bear move over there and he was a phenomenal caster for Smite and a lot of people didn't listen or pay attention to the splits anymore after yeah. he left. I think it was the um God, they do that spring fling every year. And mm-hmm. um, one of the rewards was Dry Bear would <laughs> cast a game. I remember that. And people were so hyped to oh, try and get yeah. to that tier reward. But mm-hmm. I yeah. remember that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people were people were hyped because I remember watching Dry Bear when uh, Smite was in uh, Alpha. He, yeah. was, he, was com- he was just a YouTuber back then. And, yeah. man, he, was, he got people involved. Mm-hmm. He was hype. I, I really, he brings I really, an energy yeah, that a lot of the other casters, I don't think they've nailed yet. Um, Hindu men and aggro are really good. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But, like, Dry Bear just brought this extra feel to the games mm-hmm. when he cast them. For me, was Dry so Bear cool. was just, he kind of had this dad personality that I really <laughs> yeah. connected with, you know? He just seemed like your your average Joe guy that really enjoyed playing video games. But oh, yeah. on the note of the uh, Paladins, uh, how they kind of advertise maybe a little too much, mm-hmm. I also think that maybe they should take away from their Paladins advertising and maybe put it towards some of their other games. For example, uh, this year they released a game called Smite Tactics. Maybe yep. you guys have heard of it. Yeah. Um, it's this cool-looking little RTS game, grid-based. Mm-hmm. And they also have, uh, if you guys remember Tribes Ascend, yeah. which yep. in my opinion I think is, you know, even better than Paladins. Not to mention, you know, Paladins is, you know, scaringly similar to Overwatch and yeah. Overwatch is right. obviously there facing much more success than scandal Paladins. scandal last summer about Overwatch yeah. and Paladins. Oh, I remember. Yeah. 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 That was, uh, I think it was Video Game Donkey. I think did. we talked about that. We, on did, one we did talk about that <laughs> I was on that episode, episode I think. Like, um, yeah, I agree. Tribes, you mentioned Tribes. Mm-hmm. Tribes, mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of Tribes. Yeah. I played... Uh, for a while, a few I haven't played in a good year, but yeah. it's it's a really fun game. For those of you that have not played Tribes Ascend, I would highly recommend it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not bad. It's it's like a skater shooter. You like, yeah. uh, There's like z- zero G and like you just kind of fly around and shoot people. A lot of skill shots involved. Nice. Oh yeah, a lot of skill involved. It's really fun. Nice. Um, so uh, back to the European question. Um, my response: I think that they should do one in Europe because the success that has been in Europe, uh, I don't think Mm -hmm. the company's necessarily ready, but I think if they were to take a risk, because I think they're in a stage right now of the company life that they need to take a risk, I think that if they took a risk and started a branch in Europe, then they would find success in it. Where do you Uh, think they should be stationed? In Europe? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Uh, I would say somewhere probably in Great Britain. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's probably a good London, yeah. London would not, London would probably a, a secure location. I'm sure Hindu man wouldn't mind that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. <laughs> he'd, love, he'd love to go. You use the yeah. Hindu. Um, yeah, so people give high res crap for the things that and the motives that they do, yeah. the steps that they move forward with. Do you guys think it's earned? Do you think that? high-res deserves the backlash it gets from the community because it's either complete praise the community's like oh my gosh this is great like for instance yeah. this year we got a kepri uh, convention skin and yeah. the community loves kepri as a god yeah. mm-hmm. great voice pack secure god he's still my announcer pack like, oh, <laughs> like me too so, uh like there was a lot of praise for that but there was a lot of backlash yeah um in terms of maybe not necessarily high-res but the teams themselves when they dis when the roster apocalypse. Well, we'll get mm-hmm. to that later. But mid-season, yeah. when teams yeah. disembark and people go their own ways, I think that Hi-Rez does a good job of managing that. Yeah. Especially we've seen in the past with the Paradigm incident. Yeah. They did a good job of managing that. But I think 
that you know people give high risk crap. It's we see it all the time. So do you guys think it's deserved or not? Deserved? See, a lot of where people give high risk crap, I feel like, is um, dealing with the organizations and the different teams. Um, and even then, I don't see how it's warranted because a lot of the time they really don't have too much control over it. They are their own, you know, separate right. organizations. They can't really do much about it. Um, they just want the players to play. They want the players to be treated the best that they can. And in that respect, I feel like they've done a great job. So, oh yeah, yep. Austin. Um, Wait, what was the question again? Sorry. <laughs> no, the question was, uh, does Hi-Rez deserve the crap that it's oh, given? Oh, yeah. I was looking at the itinerary. Sorry. Um, okay. So I think a lot of the Smite community is generally one-sided in terms of uh, yeah. the status of the company. They think it's going downhill. And I think a lot of that is because of the changes they make, uh, specifically in patch notes, like the season four changes. Oh, my God. They can't really change the game very much without community backlash. Yeah. And they changed it quite a bit. Like, they added a whole new relic system. They changed a lot of the existing relics in the game. For example, like, Weakening Curse doesn't slow anymore. That's yeah. one huge change. Yeah. Um, and uh, Sprint doesn't make you slow immunity anymore. It just cleanses slows, and you can be slowed during the duration of the sprint. Mm. Yeah. yeah, just small things like that. They've changed mechanics that have been get in the game for a very long time that have proved to be balanced and useful and, you know, skill-oriented, and they just change all of a sudden for seemingly no reason. Yeah. Uh, and with a lot of gods, they did that too. For example, any god that had um, auto-attack uh, immunity, for They removed Fatalis. Yeah, Jingwei yep. can't uh, auto-attack and move at once, neither can Soul or Kronos. So all those gods are heavily nerfed, and so yeah, yeah, that's that's probably a lot as of as of like right now nowadays. Um, people are really upset about Hyros making those changes. See, it's kind of funny because I remember the start of season three from um, seasons two uh, worlds. Um, people did the same exact thing that they're doing now, and then they eventually got over it. So I think. Um, the community, like, obviously that's what PTS is for, too, like testing right. these changes, make sure things are balanced. So uh, once the community, I feel like it's a handle on these changes, they tend to settle down a little bit. Um, it's just, you know, complaining for the sake of complaining almost, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I would I would say that, too, but I to attest to Austin, if you're not in the meta, if you're yeah. not playing daily, it's going to be hard to, like, go away and then come back. For instance, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't play for, like, a <laughs> month, here. month and a half, two months. Yep. I came back. Played at Austin's house a few days ago, and mm. it was a it was uh, weird. It was a car accident. Yeah. It was terrible. It was it was it was absolutely terrible. Yeah. Um, it Build did not go well. Changing. So, uh, yeah, they change they change a lot of things, and I think that maybe it's too much at once. I think they could gradually. I can see that, yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, that was like a three-hour-long patch notes too for uh, season oh four. My it was, gosh. Yeah. it was lengthy. And with that being said, Hyres can make good decisions and bad decisions. But one thing that no one can deny is their success. Mm-hmm. They have came a long way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they started next to nothing. They were just a small company based out of Atlanta, and um, they grew rapidly, mm-hmm. rapidly. Um, first third-person. MOBA over the shoulder camera and a lot of league players jumped over because they were like, yeah. oh, this is cool. Yeah. I like this. And uh, I, that, I think that was right after a season three league, which was pretty hype. That was yeah. a pretty big season. Mm-hmm. So everyone was hype about it. But then this new game came out. They're like, oh, cool. We're going to go check out Smite. They made tribes and global agenda. So cool. Mm-hmm. We're going to go check this out. And uh, yeah, high res got big from there. So small studio, big success. Do you guys think that there are any studios out there right now that can learn from that success or can grow from that in the esports aspect? Um, I'd probably say, yeah, there are studios out there. Um, I say that because I haven't heard of them yet. So, I mean, if they if they do grow, I mean, I'm sure we'll hear of their success. And if um, Hi-Rez was their inspiration, I'd say it's a pretty good model so far. I mean, um, 
the game has at least uh, this past expo they got a lot of viewings for um mm-hmm. at least I know on Twitch I think they were second most viewed on Twitch still behind League of Legends but mm-hmm. um that's another mountain for them to climb right. so of course. yeah uh, um oh, sorry ahead. yeah no, go uh, ahead in terms of people that could learn from high res any, any company that comes to mind uh, in terms of like MOBAs and popular games nowadays probably doesn't really need to learn from high res cuz they're yeah. doing just fine on their own so that's just kind of my additive there i think that I think personally, uh, maybe not so much in a MOBA aspect, but in yeah. the esports aspect, because they've built their esports brands well, in my opinion. They yeah. started small and then gradually grew, got European teams, got Latin American teams, expanded to China. They they did what the necessary steps, and they've taken it in the right direction in terms of a business aspect. Yeah. Um, now. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I would like to see the uh, the Smash Bros community go in some of that direction. Uh, I I honestly feel like. The uh, the Smash community in general is kind of unprofessional. There's not a lot of organization. Yeah. I agree with you. I think that yeah. if Nintendo stepped in more mm-hmm. and like had sponsored esports tournaments, then it would be huge because Smash are... Bros has a huge following. Yeah, and there are sponsored players. It's just not really teams because a lot of it's kind of one v one situations. Yeah. Like like quote unquote the best player in the world, TSM Zero. He's he's sponsored by like Red Bull and stuff. Right. And like different players like that have. Like their C9 ally, he's sponsored by Cloud9. Yeah, yeah. There, there are some pros that are sponsored, but in all, in all honesty, I don't think it's very organized. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree with that completely. I think Smash is a really good example. Another example. Who do you guys remember, or do you guys know who made Rocket League? I'm spacing right now. Um, I think it was was it Ubisoft? No, I no. don't think it was Ubisoft. It was um consult the Oracle here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that Rocket League could take a step in this direction oh, yeah. too because Rocket yeah. League I don't really hear much it, from Rocket League. You know, Rocket League is small. Yeah. But with that being said, so was Smite. So mm-hmm. I think that Rocket League has a bigger following. Like I see people playing Rocket League all the time. It's a yeah. fun game. It's a neat it's a neat yeah. soccer with cars. Like who would think that, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a great idea. It could be a really exciting esport if it was taken more seriously. Yeah. It, I, like I said, the organization. But you were gonna say Russ? It's gonna it's kinda funny you mentioned Rocket League too, because um like I'll play Smite with like people I only strictly know like online, you know what I mean? Like people I've met, you know, through Smite most right. of the time just playing with them. But Rocket League I actually play with just like my in real life friends, you know what I mean? And it's a blast just to kind of mess around we don't take it as seriously as i take smite obviously but um it's just still so much fun to play and like i've kind of looked into the esport for it and Mm -hmm. some of the prize pools are a little small for like i feel the amount of effort people are putting in so if they definitely got more organized i feel like that could really you know expand so looks like a company called psionics made at rocket see that's a small company yeah i think that and and there you go (laughs) that's a great outlet for them if they were to just and I think that that's where companies like that go wrong. They need to invest in the esports oh, yeah. aspect of it. Mm-hmm. They're going to get a huge following if they do so. So, yeah. um, I mean, it's been proven. Uh, what e- kid doesn't want to be on an esports team? What kid doesn't want to right? compete and play video <laughs> yeah. games? Period. Like <laughs> play you, video you games money, for a living. Like you put are you a little me? bit of money out there and then uh, have them pay to play. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be it's going to be big. Yeah, so, it's going to be good. Uh, okay, moving on. I think. What do you guys think about the expo this year in terms of? What they had, the content. The uh, cosplays were really, really good this year. See, I never actually watched the cosplay competition. I just saw, you know, the different costumes and stuff on, like, Reddit and Twitter. Yeah, um, and they were really good. There was, there was one, I think it was um, of Steel Samurai Suzano. That was Ooh, really yeah. good. I was yeah. like, oh, my God, that one was great. I actually did see that one. Yeah. What was your favorite, Austin? Um, I saw, like, a uh, Furiona Bologna one. It looked really good. good. She had, like, the legit mohawk and everything. It was awesome. That's oh. awesome. Uh when I went, maybe not this year, but when I went, 
uh, two years ago, there was mm-hmm. a little girl whose dad did her costume for her, and she was Scylla. Oh, my God. He paper macheed the dogs and, like, had, like, a strap around her belt. Oh, my I God. I mean, not around her belt, around her stomach. Yeah. Oh, man, it was so cool. She had the dogs and everything. Oh, it was, that's I awesome. That. I think I do. Yeah, it was. I remember, I think it was last year's, there was one I saw that was really impressive. It was Geb. Like, someone yeah, cosplayed someone, as a Geb. I, I was, did see that because he was walking I, around. Oh, my God. I was like, up. that's hilarious. Like, Sir, if you're listening to this podcast, you're my hero. Yeah. Because that, that cosplay was amazing. Oh, my God. Um, all right. So the loot pack. Uh, I didn't really pay attention to the loot pack because I knew I wasn't going to be able no. to yeah, do this year. Usually loot packs are, like, sorely overpriced for what's in them. Yeah. Uh, just don't really have much motivation to spend gems on much of anything anymore. No. A, because you get a lot of gems in-game for free now if mm-hmm. you have daily login bonuses. Right. And, uh, like, the, the skins in them aren't really much of anything impressive. Like, yeah. uh, I know in the last loot pack there was an Amaterasu skin and an Apollo skin that looked, you know, pretty much identical. Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember what was in the rest of it, to be honest, but I was overall on impressed with it i would definitely not buy it myself um some of the other skins though like that they released individually were mm-hmm. amazing like they had a lot of good skins this year i think yeah well obviously they have two loot packs they have the online loot pack that you mm-hmm. can buy with the skins and the content mm-hmm. uh such as voice packs or uh, i don't think actually i don't think they've done a voice pack but they have the skins yeah and then mm-hmm. you have a loot pack when you go there and they give mm-hmm. you a, a small baggie and as you go throughout the expo or the tournament they give you stuff to just put in it and yeah. then put about stuff that. under your seats oh it's so cool um, That's awesome. We got I got like three T-shirts. Um, three I got t-shirts. a pair of three glasses. T-shirts. Yeah, That's I got a pair crazy. of glasses. I got like a little <laughs> smite lightning bolt when I went. So they they give a lot of stuff to the people that go. Um, go. But <laughs> I think that the digital online <laughs> loot pack is a is a good motivation for people to watch and good oh, yeah. motivation for people to stay remain. I know the um, speaking of loot packs. I know if you're watching on Twitch a lot, they will just throw codes throughout uh, some of their streams, especially mm-hmm. during, um, you know, like the big tournaments and uh, a lot, They I don't even remember how many were in the expo this year. There were so many, like, oh, yeah. codes just Yeah, it's true, out. but uh, a lot of those codes are just for, like, frame points. They are, yeah, yeah. which but, is uh, annoying. Some of them but, are for, like, cool skins and yeah. stuff. Like, and I, I saw this year where Blizzard had uh, their Overwatch tournament, and they did a loot pack, too, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. for their Loot expo. packs are hot right now yeah, in the esports community think, like <laughs> i think that's a good thing yeah, what do you guys yeah think about it's, it's a money maker you know it's it, it's something they do just to kind of fill in the space between you know i don't really they don't really feel like making skins cool skins creative skins uh during mm-hmm. the off season they can just make skins that are themed on the tournament and you know people like them anyway so it's all yep. more reason to make them i'm one of those people that I, like them <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i i definitely like um there was um last year's uh worlds was the uh, zeus skin um, oh yeah that was a cool that speech. was a really cool it was skin. like the, I the sith lord skin yeah yeah, yeah i, I, I love that nice. skin See, so much. i thought it was cool but i thought <laughs> They put, way, they put way too much uh, of the Smite logo in that. To it, that like, I saw an original concept for it where it was just like the shield was just like this plasma energy. I was like, yeah. why didn't you just do that? Like, I get like it was for the world, so they had to yeah. put it somewhere. But like, mm-hmm. but like when he pops his uh, shield barrier around mm-hmm. him, it's like small logos of the, I know, yeah. of the <laughs> SWC. I'm like, really? Is that necessary? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. um, but I thought, I think that loot packs are pretty cool in my yeah. opinion. Uh, I think that it's a good chance for people watching online on Twitch or at mm-hmm. home to still remain involved in the tournament or whatever event that they're doing. Definitely. Um, so <laughs> with this, also with this year, they did the introduction of the Celtic religion. Yes, they did. Yes, and that's, that's with pretty... a very buggy god. You want to talk about the god? <laughs> yeah, the god is called the Morgan, and yeah. uh, her ultimate is you, she turns into another god, maintains that god's stats in mm-hmm. the game, mind you, and uh, can use all their abilities, including their ultimate and. 
a lot of people have had problems with, for example, if there was like four to a team mm-hmm. and you use your ultimate, um, it'll automatically add the character that you switched into onto your roster, so then it'll look like it's a 5v4. And so that was one yeah. of the things. Uh-huh. It changes your in-game name to the Morgan when you get kills. It does that. And then sometimes yeah. people will get stuck as the other character, and they'll just stay that other character the whole game. <laughs> There's some other bugs I've heard of, too, where um, I think they patched this one. Or no, they might not have yet, but um, where if... Um, Say you're the Morgan and you turn into like a Giannis, right? And you snipe across the map. Um, you teleport to the other end of that snipe. If you change back into the Morgan um, before the snipe hits, it kills you and any allies. Oh like, yeah. So it, it's it's pretty. She's pretty bugged. Um, yeah. But I think that that's. I think that that's gonna come with a gog with a brand yeah, new ability. Like, We've that's, never seen. Oh my god! Yeah, like, I, I honestly thought it was kind of sad that we went right into all the flaws of the character before yeah. we kind of talked about how cool. Yeah, it was. I like. I feel like once they get the bugs worked out, and um, it'll be an interesting. Yeah, game. she definitely is a game changer as far as like what you can do in the game goes. Like, yeah. I'm really hyped to see I, how that turns out. I also want to say that um, Smite runs off a pretty old game engine, mm-hmm. and yeah. you really start to see, especially with Morgan, how that affects the speed of processes mm-hmm. in the game because when you change into your character you can see the game lag a little bit and struggle to load all the stats mm-hmm. you know instantly right and i think smite could really stand to have an updated engine just I think for that reason i remember reading somewhere um it was probably on reddit obviously but that's <laughs> where everything is but um mm-hmm. um i remember one of uh high-res's employees i can't remember who i think it might have been ajax talking about um they were season four. They're just kind of doing smaller changes because they don't want to change it too much. Season five, they said they're really looking to like change the game a lot as much as they can. Um, they're talking like new map, like mm-hmm. instead of just you know altering it a little bit, like brand yeah. new map stuff like brand that. Domination. So, uh, I think <laughs> I think a lot of people, everyone wants domination back to be honest. But um, uh, they I know it looks like season five. They really want to try and go all out and see if their game can change as much as they want it to. So. And I think that that's a great. Like I said earlier, I think that from a business point this is a good chance and a good area for high res to take a risk mm-hmm. um they kind of took a risk with paladins and it didn't really go in the direction that they would have liked yeah. but i mean what can you do you just got to roll with the punches that you're given so mm-hmm. i think that either i think that they need to do something with their esports community or with the game to change it in terms of not just changing something in game or um changing how a god works, changing a mechanic, yeah. trying to quote-unquote fix the game or make mm-hmm. um, level out the gods, I think that it's important for them to take a direction, and a new direction in a business standpoint. I can kind sense. of agree with that, too. I really feel like um, I don't think, you know, a lot of people online, wherever you read, will say the game is dying, quote-unquote. I don't, I don't agree with that at all. I will mm-hmm. say um, it does at some points feel like it's kind of stagnating a little bit. It's yeah. plateauing. In my yeah. opinion, so um, if a risk does, you know, like if they change the map and do all this different stuff, I feel like if that does well, like they're gonna keep growing. So yeah, and if they even if they do dive down a little bit, they they, they come back up. It's, yeah, they it's do. Fluctuating. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, like when they removed my damn speed buff <laughs> in the beginning of season three, <laughs> I hated that. I'm a jungle main, and I was like, give me back my speed buff. Like, oh my god. Um, I was a little salty. I oh, still am. But. I know. I feel. <laughs> speed buff used to be OP. It gave you a touch. Oh speed my god! I know. Yeah, I believe me. I know. But um, okay. So moving forward, what could? Uh, how does the high res expo this year? How did you guys think it fared to other companies? Like their their expos, their tournaments. Um, 
I think it was definitely on a smaller scale, of course, because yeah. Hara's is a slightly smaller company. Obviously, their expo is going to be smaller. But I think it brought just as much energy. Like there, there was oh, yeah. a really good turnout for the tournament or for the world tur- world championship. Um, and I, I honestly didn't follow the expo itself too closely. I more just watched the games, right. yeah. so I don't know a ton about it. But that's kind of what I gathered from it. Mm-hmm. From what I saw, like I saw bits and pieces of the expo, you know, in between games um, when I wasn't, you know. Like skip or just like doing something else in between games because a lot of times I would just be doing laundry or something stupid like that. But anyway, um, they did kind of. It seemed like they interacted with the crowd a lot, which was really cool. Um, and I feel like if they keep that kind of you know mentality, I feel like a lot of pe- more people are going to want to go, which is something really cool. Um, obviously, I kind of mentioned it earlier. They're never really going to hit that like League of Legends level like right. world tournament. I mean, those are nuts. But. Um, they're definitely growing, which is nice to see. I think that, back to my point earlier about them going to Europe and whether mm-hmm. or not that should be a thing, the thing about Europe is it has a it has a higher esports following than the, it does, than yeah. the United States. So I think if they moved or had an office in Europe or a, a company branch in Europe, I think that could seriously influence the company and seriously oh, yeah. cause growth. Because if they hold a Euro- world tournament in Europe... Of course, we have our fanboys here in the U.S. that'll go to the tournament and drive there. But in Europe, one, it's smaller. There's more people that are into esports mm-hmm. and willing to go to that. Plus, it's closer to um, China and it's closer to the um, east eastern uh, countries. So yeah. they the the they can drive if they need to. It's not yeah. as much of a flight to mm-hmm. get over here. It's not as expensive. And I really think that we should show some love over there. So with that being said, I think if they moved to Europe or they had a, a stance in Europe, that the tournament would be bigger or get bigger. Yeah, gradually. I definitely think we saw, um, God, what was it called? Um, Dreamhack over the summer oh. um, in Europe. And that honestly, it looked like the turnout for that was really good. Granted, it wasn't just, you know, Smite at Dreamhack. Yeah. But um, it definitely seemed like there were people from other games interested in what this game called Smite was. You know, yeah. I feel like that's... That really helps. So maybe a tournament in Europe, like a high-res expo in Europe, would really help them. So, what about you, Austin? You still think they're not just not ready? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I just. I'm obviously, you know, bona fide American. I don't want them to go to Europe. <laughs> but, uh, I, I just, yeah, I just don't think it would be the greatest idea. I think the U.S. fan base is definitely larger than the EU fan base. Yeah. And okay. I don't think you know a lot of Smite fans would be willing to go out all the way to Europe to go to Worlds again. Yeah. I think the turnout would definitely show. To be smaller. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, that's fair. So, let's talk about the games from this SWC. Um, so, I didn't pay attention to much of the console bracket, I gotta admit. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I, I play only, console, I didn't pay too much attention to I it either, honestly. It, like, I only paid attention to the yeah. PC Smite mm-hmm. tournament. And I'm telling you what, the semifinals this year were the biggest and the most outrageous uh flamboyant semifinals I've ever seen. They mm-hmm. were huge. It was mm-hmm. just like that man an explosion. Off, man. Oh, my your, God. Like, in your face. <laughs> in, like, everywhere, man. It was crazy. Oh, like, wow. I'm tell- I am telling you, like, yeah. mm-hmm. the finals this year were crazy. The you semifinals really up this, this year, year were crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. And uh, Luminosity almost beat NRG. Yeah, but it was close. close. And just another year where they have a bad mid and loses them the game. Mm-hmm. You know? That is an Ami pick, man. Oh, really yeah. a smart choice. Yeah. So and I think they yeah, and that's literally okay. Let me explain this to you. Last year, LG or not LG, they Cloud Nine yep. versus Panthera. They go into Game Four and they uh, right now it's two mm-hmm. for uh, Cloud Nine, one for Panthera. They go into Game Four. Um, 
MLC Stealth, which was their mid at the time, yep. went into Neath mid, got destroyed, yep. went right. into game five. He picked Neath again against a Fenrir, <laughs> and he got destroyed again. Yep. <laughs> right. They kicked MLC Stealth from the team. Yep. Season three Worlds comes around. Xenotronics is now their mid. They go into game four. I think uh, he played something good, and they won, and then it was 2-2. Then he picked Izanami mid. Game five. And then they lost because of that pick. Xenotronics mm-hmm. is no longer on LG, so hopefully they find a decent mid someday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bring back classes 2017. <laughs> I think he's, I think he's, he's delved into the Overwatch community. Yeah. I don't think he's oh coming God, back. Oh, my God, that Genji play. Those Genji oh, I know. Plays, oh, yeah, I know. he plays with Moon Moon a lot. Mm-hmm. I still I don't watch as much Lazis as I did, obviously, when he played Smite, but I still tune in a little bit, and it's so funny. It's He's still just such a good dude. But. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I remember going to the launch tournament, and yeah. it was cool. He's always been one of my more favorite esports oh, yeah. competitors, period. Yeah. He, uh, after they got second at the launch tournament, he came, uh, there was a guy in a crowd that had a poster, like a huge, it was probably a, I don't know, it was like a three foot by five foot poster of, yeah. of, of just Lassus's face, and he was holding <laughs> it up, screaming. And Lassus walked into the crowd, and I kid you not, took off his jersey, Gave it to the guy and signed the poster with a sharpie in huge letter. That's awesome. Like after the last game, That's and awesome. he is he is just a fantastic personality. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he drinks a little bit, but uh, that, 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 that's <laughs> mainly on his stream. Um, but yeah, it's a personality enhancer. <laughs> I, yeah, man, we went on top. Last is just such a cool dude. Mm-hmm. So, yep. how do you guys feel the games this year fared against or paired against the games in previous years? Honestly, um. All the game, every Worlds I've ever watched, which is only two, um, the last one and this one, because um, obviously Smite only came to console uh, midway through season two. So right. um, these are the only ones I've had a chance to watch. But um, from what I've like seen of those Worlds, there, there's just like I said before, this incredible energy behind them, and it's so cool to see that. And um, it's so funny that um, we bring up our favorite set. I'd honestly say Obey versus Energy was a really good set. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Specifically with Variety going off, like Panda like oh. kind of Sylvanas like. 2, 22, and 44, I think, was his final stat line, which, pick a different fucking sport. That's bad. Oh, my God. But um, it's kind of funny that I bring that up because um, I am part of the video team here at Byte, and um, I did put um, one of Variety's plays in the, like, Byte's trailer, so you will mm-hmm. see that for Byte's current, uh, like, promo trailer, so. Ooh, that's yeah, kind of fun. Peak. Yeah, yeah. Variety, did, <laughs> Variety did do a good job, but uh, LG fanboy coming at you. Uh, Scary D was literally playing the best off, that too. he's ever played. Oh my god! All year. See, the crazy thing is, I started because I wrote, I did um, post match discussions for the Smite Reddit for a while. Yeah, and I I was watching the upbringing of Scary D, like where he, when he first started, I yeah. think it was last season, and he slowly just gradually got better and yeah, better he, and better. And honestly, he's, yeah. he's one of the pro players that you really look at. And you can see the success with mm-hmm. throughout his games and, and yeah. the practice that he's put into it. He's he's really good. Yeah, he's probably yeah. got the best Amaterasu probably in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really one of the characters I think he plays the best. Um, oh, yeah. And with a god that's definitely his go-to pick. With a god that relevant, it's mm-hmm. it's important. Really good team mm-hmm. fight ult. Yeah. Um, so what was your guys' uh, – okay, first, I think that this year was – crazy close uh in previous years we kind of had a um eu and the united states going at it and the other teams just were kind of in the dust like Mm -hmm. they didn't they weren't really relevant 
But this year, I think that the other teams, although they didn't really make it to the semifinals and they didn't get far, I think it was closer of a gap. They definitely closed mm-hmm. that yeah. gap um, in terms of uh, mecha- uh, playing mechanically. We had a, uh, well. a LAT-AM team actually take a game off of um, a North American team, which is ALG, which is sad because they're probably one of my favorite teams. But um, <laughs> why would you play Thor? <laughs> oh, my God. He even says that he is, like, the worst Thor in the world, and mm-hmm. then he picked Thor, like, on the final stage. Like, Man, I was I'm like, telling you, you pressure can do that to you, though. Yeah. When you're standing in front of a crowd of, like, 10,000 people. I think it was more he didn't take them seriously, so he was like, I'll just show them, like, even How I can play Thor. How do you mess up Thor, though? That's the real question. I, I don't know. Um. One of the most mobile gods in the game. He really, really is. High mid-game damage. I don't know. Yeah, I think Thor, Thor's Thor's pretty a, easy. Thor's a very secure god, I would say. But, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you just can't play that security. He's really easy honestly, to play style. Mm-hmm. See, like I like I said, I'm a jungle man, and I honestly I hate playing Thor. <laughs> I'll I be honest. Thor. Like My most comfortable jungle easily. Yeah. Uh, I'd say probably a Wheelix or Fenrir for me are probably my most comfortable. But. Gotcha. Um, so, what was your guys' favorite set? Hard to say. My Honest. favorite set was Obi- o- Obey versus Team Eager. To be honest, it's probably mine as well. Whew, like, was that pretty, was a good set. Insane. I'd honestly say Obey versus Energy for me, just because um, the casters were they were hype in both games. But there's just something about like I don't know what it is. The finals are always just that little bit extra for me. So right. I'd I have just, to pinpoint love, that for me. I love seeing Uller being played because he's not really viable yeah. and competitive nowadays, yep. and uh, Zatman really brings out the best in him. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think that one of the craziest parts in that set was when Zatman dove tower. I think it was game two. Correct me if I'm wrong. But he dove tower mm-hmm. and killed Triple. three people. Like, I saw just that. because. Like, just because he's Zatman. Yep. That's what he can do. That was nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, what Onher can do. What, <laughs> yeah. what was, do, you, do you guys have any other favorite parts of, from that set? Um, to be honest, it's hard to think about much of anything else after that game. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was... God, I'm trying to remember. Um, it was something with Variety killing someone on um, uh, Eager, and then Zatman came in and then outplayed Variety. It was nuts. Um, I'm trying to remember specifically where it was. And I see you brought up this clip. I love this clip Yeah, uh, with Zatman on earlier. Because they're, they're back behind Tower, and Zatman is just destroying this tier. Yep. He runs away, and he's like, mm, I'm going to attack this soul, or this Freya. He turns back around, and this is when the team uh, a team fight really engages. Yep. And Zatman just goes off like, and as a ADC as an ADC main, <laughs> right. Zatman is one of my favorite characters, or not characters, one of my favorite pro players to watch because oh yeah, he is all or nothing every time, and you know Zatman. One more wave, baby. Like. You know, you know <laughs> Zatman is gonna do really well if he gets if he gets momentum, but if yep. he doesn't get momentum, he's not gonna perform well. Oh all. yeah. And that that's that's sad, but I feel like that could be said about any ADC really. Like, but I mean, if you mm-hmm. if you look at the previous worlds, like there was this yeah. one mm-hmm. where Zatman had had I crazy mean. plays, and then there was last year. Yeah, it was either is, but... last year or the year before his worlds. Zatman was playing Apollo, mm-hmm. and he was dodging an Aphrodite for yeah. literally thirty seconds. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, before? I've yeah, seen yeah. that. Yep. Yeah, that that clip it's, yeah. blew me away. So. I think that I think that that was probably my favorite set, my favorite part of the set. I think that it was really, really close of a set too. It wasn't like yeah. oh, Obey's gonna win or oh, that was Eagle's a uh, it was a three-two set, wasn't it? Uh, I believe yeah, so. It was a three-two set. Yeah, it those was, are always really fun to watch, especially oh, when you get down to that last game. You're game like, five, all right, man. come on. Game five, yeah, five. It was Obey. Well, 
it was Obey the first two games, so everyone was like, okay, maybe they're going to take it from Eager, and Eager just snapped back. They're like, mm, nope, we're still in this. Yeah. Came back two games, and then Obey took the last game. Oh, yeah. Um, I really think that what did it, yeah, I think I think what did it that last game um, was the fact that Zotman, one, did not get the momentum that he needed. No. Um, he went 0-1-2, and, and then no one on the team really performed well that last game. They shut no. them down. Pretty Prime shut everyone down because he ended 8-0-2. So... He and I remember this too. Like I was, I was screaming because um, they had. Um, I remember seeing like uh, the Anubis pick, and then they immediately locked in Fenrir for <laughs> Obey. And I was like, "You just lost this game. Are you kidding me?" Like, mm-hmm. oh my god! They kept trying to pick um, Immobile Gods. I know they picked. Um, they, I don't know what it was about Anubis, but he really liked that Anubis that set, and I, or all those sets really. And it was yeah. just so annoying. You know what's was, really weird? What? Sanatos is like a top level jungler now. <laughs> Really? He came yeah. out of nowhere. It's so funny because, like, you asked anyone before Worlds in the jungle, um, especially at higher Thanatos. levels, they were like, please do not pick Thanatos. Don't pick Thanatos. Whatever you do, just don't. And then now, like, after Worlds, I did play a few games after Worlds, and I saw, like, Thanatos mid, like, Thanatos, like, solo, Thanatos yeah. jungle all the time. He's been first pick in a lot of ranked games. I know, really? and I'm like, stop. Like, I get it. He's, like... I still don't like Thanatos. Because the game's all about snowballing now, mm-hmm. and, like, it's stupid not to invade as Thanatos. You yeah. know, you did one person, and you won them, and it's, like, mm-hmm. half their health, you know, and yeah. just follow-ups autos, and that's that. Chase mm-hmm. it. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. So, post-SWC, we have the roster apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it happens every year. <laughs> yep. And I think that, in my humble opinion, Hi-Rez needs to do something about this, because I understand the roster apocalypse after... Um, the world's a said and done, but during the season, I hate it when people are kicked off teams or people leave teams. It's just so annoying as a player to I watch. I can kind of see that. It makes me almost not want to watch because it's so annoying to like root for a team and really like all the players on one team, and then they're like, oh, yeah, we kicked this person off because they're underperforming, or oh, yeah, we kicked this person off because we just couldn't make it work. I think from yeah. a team aspect and with teamwork, you should be able to go into a season with the people that you have and work it out. Yeah. See, this is a lot of. I kind of. I agree with you here. Um, I understand that after Worlds, you can do whatever you want after Worlds. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, that's your time to like regroup, reorganize, however you want to do it. But I understand the midseason where you're coming from because I at least feel like after the spring split, there should be no more team changing. Honestly, like spring split, I can kind of understand it. Teams are still figuring out like how they mesh together, how they play together, and if you need to make changes, you should still be able to do. And so. going into a tournament like Worlds, that's that's important. Yeah, like, you like, need to have someone that you yeah. can rely on. Yeah, and I mean even other sports, you know, like in the real world, like actual sports, like in the uh, NFL or the NBA, they do have like a set date where it's like, all right, no more trading after this point. You can't do it anymore. Like, yeah, and it's like something a lot of uh, esports players don't really understand is like team synergy is infinitely more important than yeah. individual skill yeah. really though like if you you could have look at energy a group like of diamond players <laughs> and i think you could have a group of platinum players and they would fare well against a random group of diamond players if they've played together and they know each other's play style mm-hmm. they know because it's a big part of teamwork is communication oh, yeah. and when you have that silent communication where you can just understand and read how someone's going to play just by watching that is invaluable you're yeah. going to be a great player oh yeah um, so some of the roster apocalypse changes that we have, um, pretty much MVS just split up. Everyone mm-hmm. was just like, oh, we're not going to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had some retirements. Moder retired from, and he was on enemy. Yep. Um, yep. we had, that was an NA and an EU 
which kind of broke my heart. We had Shaggy Shank retire. Yeah. And although he wasn't the best hunter at all, um, he played for years. He, he mm-hmm. played since launch, and yep. he's one of the older guys. Also, yep. um, Soar, G2A. Yeah. Uh, only Andy and Jigs were left on that team. The rest of them mm-hmm. split. Yeah. Yeah. So Baskin that... and Met-, Met Yankee and Snoopy left. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But uh, it all says that they're all going to play uh, yep. in the future so far. Uh, Suntouch took a hiatus, which makes Same with sense. Stealth, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then there yeah. were some changes with the uh, Oceana and Latam teams, but mm, I, don't, really I don't really pay attention. I, I don't so. – like, if you're not, not in really Oceana or Latam, I don't think anybody really follows those. Like, And I even then, like, I don't really follow EU teams as much as I follow the NA teams. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. really just where you are is – how closely you'll follow those. Right, yeah. So there, there's a, there's a ton so far of Rust mm-hmm. Apocalypse changes, and we're only at the beginning of January. Worlds just happened, mm-hmm. what, two weeks ago? So <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, Not I even. Imagine. It's been like 12 days. Like. I, yeah, Obviously, LG more. is looking for a new mid. I think they're trying out mm-hmm. four people right now. Ooh. A lot of mids left, which is kind of funny. Like, See, mid is such an important role, though. Yeah, it's like, kind of like, an undesirable role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's the role that gets crapped on a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. That used to be jungler. jungler. People used to complain about the jungler all the time. and that They still do, shit. trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, people never stop complaining about well, I mean, me, even if I'm doing everything like I can to help them. They're just like, why aren't you in my lane? And I'm like, you're 0-4. Like, <laughs> I'm sure it's your fault no matter yeah. what. Well, yeah. I'm halfway across Nowadays, the map, they die, and I'm, I'm blamed. Whoever's jungle is better wins the game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because the jungler is there's so much focus on mm-hmm. the mid lane. I'm sure. glad they're changing the jungle too to kind of focus on like I don't have to babysit as much. Like yeah. all of season three it was like who am I babysitting in which lane mm-hmm. and how am I gonna get them ahead? Which was honestly like it's a really annoying way to play. Like because then I can't get as farmed. I'm under farmed. Generally most of season three junglers were around the same level as the sports. Right. So well, I mean did you see the season four changes for like the XP? I did, stuff? yes. Yeah. So which is nice, which is why I'm again I'm saying I'm happy that they're making that so I don't have to. I can find XP elsewhere. So mm-hmm. I, I I have not seen the season four changes for that. So oh, man. Not, yeah. You're gonna have to check it out, dude. It's gonna take you a while though. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, like a three hour like patch note, so oh, God. Have, I have fun. I have some time ahead of me. It's all right, I'll get to it this They week. added mm-hmm. I think around ten or fifteen new items. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had like a magical like a little bunch of weird stuff. Yeah. That's dope. Uh, so, uh, roster apocalypse sucks, but back to the question, should companies step in with regulation of teams so players can't leave once they're in to a certain point? Yes, definitely. Yes, yes, yes. High res, jump on that. Someone jump on that. Someone do something. Cause I can't stand watching mid season and they're like, we're kicking in con off the team. And then I'm <laughs> crying in my room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I definitely agree. What do you guys think? Well, uh, I go ahead. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that uh, the the kicking or removing of players should be handled within you know their sponsor and their teams. Yeah, um, I definitely think that there should be some penalties involved with uh, roster changes mid season because rosters are locked at a certain point. And um, I'm not saying it was you know right or wrong for Incon to be kicked. Yeah, but, uh, he definitely was lacking a bit in the performance department. He was. I don't entirely blame weekend but i think uh it could have been done a different way a better way more humane way mm-hmm. um but in terms of how it should be handled i pretty much agree with you i just think maybe high res shouldn't handle it i think that um maybe they should just handle it amongst themselves yeah um i definitely think that um especially like like i said after worlds go for it like if you want to reorganize your team that's that's your decision but like Especially, like, in the middle of the summer after, like, the spring split going into the fall split. And then, like, two weeks before the fall split, people are like, by the way, we're kicking this guy and replacing him with him. Like, that's really annoying. Like, 
I see where you're coming from. So I definitely think like maybe sometime after the spring split or after the spring split finishes, you should definitely have like a lock date where teams can't switch anymore and they just have to play it through. Like, and I think if I think that there can be exceptions to this. Don't get me wrong. I yeah, think yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if something's going on in one player's real life, so for instance, Barra with his brother, yeah. Um, if something like that happens close to Worlds, I think that there should be an appeal process where you can go to like Hi-Rez or whoever's managing this mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, this player is going through some stuff. Can we can we get a uh, another player, or even before uh, mm-hmm. th- all this happens, they can get a sub." on the yeah. team as part of the official team. So instead of a five-person team, it's a ten-person team. So you have one sub just in case if anything happens. Yeah, I think that that would be a smart way to move in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so comparing the successes of Worlds this year to previous Worlds and other tournaments as a overall blanket, what do you guys think? I'd say this Worlds was probably the biggest success they've had so far. Um in just terms of like sheer number, like right. honestly, mm-hmm. like I mean, obviously you said it. Um, the prize pool wasn't as big, which mm-hmm. is a bit like kind of a bummer, I guess, for the players. Like I could understand that, but um, yeah. uh, in terms of like the turnout and like the viewings online, I think they did a really good job. So yeah, I think that was a lot to do with their. I think they did a really good job at advertising this year. Oh yeah, they did. Uh, they did a lot of uh, trailers, like not uh, it's like cinematic trailers that mm-hmm. probably got the community pretty interested. Uh, like I've noticed over the past few weeks that the general viewership of Smite has gone up. Usually, mm-hmm. it was like before Worlds there were maybe like three or four thousand viewers of Smite online. Now I'm seeing closer to ten thousand. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely a lot more awareness of Smite in general. So it probably accounts for the turnout of this year's Worlds. Let's oh, yeah. just hope that they can uh, maintain that viewership yeah. and maintain the popularity. But mm-hmm. I look forward to next year's Worlds. Oh, yeah. uh, do you guys have any hopes for next year's Worlds? Uh, I hope any hopes for high res period hope, for next year. Hope Barry and Jeff win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They find a good. They mid. do deserve it. They've stuck in it this long. Yeah, just, they already have one yeah. championship. Right. So. Yeah, I just hope. Uh, obviously, high res continues to grow. I mean, honestly, as long as they grow, I'm happy. So, I agree. I would. I I would like to see them focus more on the Smite esports. And oh yeah. Put more focus and show like advertising because I think they have the potential to be just as big as League. They just need to put their thoughts and their minds together to do so. So um, with that being said, we're just about out of time. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you again for listening in to the Metagame Podcast. This has been Season 2, Episode 4. And GG, good luck, have fun. Yeah. <laughs>